This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Round the Boards, updates from Dunedin City Community Boards on ORFM, Dunedin's awesome morning show. Yeah, this time every Tuesday we go round the boards and today uh, we go round and round and land on the Taika Peninsula. Isn't that good? Uh, and Paul Pope from the Taika Peninsula Community Board joins us on the line. Now, Morena, Paul, I imagine it's a cracking day where you are. It is. We've had a little bit of rain, and uh, which is always great for the garden, and now a little bit of sunshine, so a uh, chance to dry out the washing too, but uh, nice to have that well, I guess um, the, when you get a bit of decent weather, that means uh, all the work that's continuing on the Connection Project can go on. Yep. So uh, they're just uh, chipping away uh, chipping away at the moment in Portobello. So uh, just dealing with uh, the, er- the, the area that's going to be more of a sort of recreational kind of seating area. Um, and hopefully they'll have that finished um, probably just before Christmas with a bit of luck, and then we move into stage two of that next year, which um, includes uh, extending the path and also um, Portobello is going to have a roundabout. Um, uh, it's going to be an interesting one for Portobello uh, from that point of view, but um, we're Highcliff, Heroica, Harrington Point, Portobello Road and Hatchery Road uh, all link into one area that's going to have a roundabout in it. And um, I don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm going to be making T-shirts that say "I survived the roundabout at Portobello." <laughs> uh, I don't know, um, but that is quite a big thing. And, and the the thing about that, I suppose, was that the community were sort of unanimous that that's what was required. Um, the other thing, I suppose, for Portobello that's coming is raised crossings. So we're actually going to have these raised crossings, which we've got on Broad Bay at the moment. And, um, you know, cars first arrived on the peninsula in 1913 by bylaw. So in over 108 years, we're finally going to get some safe crossing points on the road. So that's a positive. There's been um, so many wonderful aspects of uh, of the thought that's gone into this. One of the things I really appreciate as someone who occasionally walks parts of it is they've positioned some seats in some most wonderful yeah. spots. It's worth stopping for a while. Yep. That's right, and uh, you know that that part of it is something that people have forgotten that you know it was not possible you know 20 years ago to actually be able to sit beside the water. Um, we didn't have that didn't have that option uh, at all. So that's made a huge difference not only for locals but for visitors as well. And I think the thing that people forget is that ultimately also we had all those benefits but ultimately this has been a safety project uh, it's been about safety for not only locals but visitors it's been safety for motorists as well as for cyclists and walkers and I think those are the things the benefits that we will see uh, as this thing nears its completion and we start to see also people uh, looking at ways that they can uh, to use this uh, facility not only for recreation but also hopefully for business in the future as well. Indeed. Well, it's uh, starting to feel a little bit more summery, I'm sure, the uh, the traffic on uh, the um, shared pathways will uh, only increase, and so we'll just repeat what we've always said, and that's just to be respectful of the various users of the pathway, and we'll all have a great time and really, really enjoy it. <laughs>
Peaceful, peaceful coexistence. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, Well, that should apply to just about everything across the world at the moment, doesn't it? Peaceful coexistence. Um, Now, listeners, uh, Paul very kindly uh, sends me a few bullet points as to what we're going to talk about on Round the Boards, and I'm surprised to see this next one. Farming sea lions. Oh, yes, absolutely. Look, um, so uh, one of the things that's uh, coming up is that... um, Obviously, the sea lion population continues to grow every year. Um, my son and I recently had quite an experience while we were, while we were diving. We met seven sea lions underwater uh, who thought we were fascinating things and um, and spent the time actually giving us little love nibbles and um, <laughs> nudges and that sort of thing. Um, I guess the thing about that also comes up is that there are some issues around the peninsula, around road safety not only for the safety of drivers and motorists, but also for the safety of the sea lines. And one of the projects that's being undertaken at the moment uh, with the DCC and also with um, the Sea Lion Trust and the Department of Conservation is a small fence on one of the uh, corners in Hooper's Inlet where the sea lions actually bring their pups uh, as a sort of a a sea lion kindergarten. And... um, the, the danger there is them getting out onto the road and also um, people getting too far in, over into the beach area there. So um, hopefully in about February we'll start to see that come to fruition. There's a few uh, few things to go, under, I guess, under the water, which is a bit of, bit of a bad pun, but um, before that happens. Um, but I guess, as I say, it, it sort of recognises the fact that um, you know, once the peninsula was a dairy, it was the dairy industry, and then it was sheep, and there's a bit of farming left on the peninsula. But wildlife is now becoming our uh, critical uh, part to uh, to business and to visitor attractions, but also to having uh, wild biodiversity on the peninsula. So yeah, we're actually farming sea lions, uh, I suppose, in a way by actually having to have a fence. Uh, to keep them in and off the roads. Well, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? And uh, and thanks for the explanation of that. I was a bit worried. What an amazing experience it must have been for you to be in that water with those sea lions around you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, it was, and and a lot of people said to me because I did post a short, we did a short video of it. Um, a lot of people said, you know, were you frightened? And actually, um, sea lions when they first come up, to, when they first see you, they're quite cautious and they'll sit back and then they'll realise that you're not a threat. Um, and they are, as I say, they'll do little things like they're very gentle. They'll come up and give you a wee nudge uh, with their nose, um, and uh, they do um, like to nibble on your fins, and um, I think it's more the fact that they're just doing what they do when they were puppies, uh, when they were pups, and, um, yeah, they they just have this incredible curiosity and uh, uh, it's quite a a treat to be in the water with such a large animal. Um, and no, I didn't find it frightening at all. I found it absolutely enthralling, and, and was a bit was a bit disappointed to have to get out of the water. Amazing stuff. We've had some wonderful visitors, haven't we, in recent times? Some orca recently through the harbour yeah. as well. Yeah, so orca are sort of making um, a bit of a comeback, and in fact, not so long ago we had southern right whales um, as well, and we've had orca. Uh, we regularly get dolphins. Um, uh, and other things, uh, kingfish. We've had kingfish in the harbour, which are, are not that common. Um, so the wildlife side of things is actually really uh, pushing along well, and um, it, it just opens up other opportunities, I think, for, visitor, for visitors and for locals to enjoy those things and, and see them.
Well, bring us up to date with the Te Raoni project. Ah, so um, at the moment, Port Otago are working away on building the groins. This is the um, part of the, the project to help to re- reduce the erosion of the beach. Um, and they've made really great progress with that. Um, there's been a few disruptions, I think, on the roads and other bits and pieces, but um, we're fairly used to that here on the peninsula. Um, we are very close to seeing, I think, two of the groins finished, and then there'll be a slight delay. Um, one of the conditions of the consent is that they have to um, uh, stop work during the, the sea lion breeding season when pups are small, uh, and then back into it from there next year. Um, the other issue with that, of course, is at the moment the council are now um, looking at the playground side of things and redevelopment of the playground. And my fellow board member Edna Stevenson is, is hot on the trail of that one at the moment. And it all winds together probably into next year into seeing this site become a real destination for locals and for visitors alike. Um, and it's been a long time coming for that community who have worked very, very hard around the erosion of the beach. So it's an exciting project. It's probably one that's probably gone a little bit under the radar but because it's so far out. Um, but certainly, as I say, we're, we're looking forward to seeing it come to fruition. We're getting a little bit of a taste now of what summer's going to be like. The predictions are that it might be a, uh, a warmish and dryish one in this uh, part of the country. It remains to be seen, of course. The summer ranges are going to be about. Yeah, summer ranges, I think, are coming back uh, to various beach areas around the peninsula, and that's an opportunity for to learn a little bit about what's going on, uh, and also for our rangers to... Um, to basically keep an eye on people's behaviour around dogs and vehicles uh, and those sorts of things, and, uh, and that's a really important thing as well. And um, uh, they, they're sort of the eyes and ears of uh, of the community, but also of uh, of the council and dock. And um, so we're quite well, we're quite pleased to see them back. Uh, we would like to, of course, always see more rangers. Uh, feet on the ground is probably the best thing, both for education and enforcement. So. Um, and especially too, as I say, around some of those areas where we get a lot of visitor traffic, which is, you know, Tomahawk, for example, as well. Uh, unfortunately, we get some car traffic there as well, which is not so good. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. And I'll probably just reiterate just with the summer thing, and something I said, uh, I think it was last interview I did with Dee, you know, our, our drowning statistics in New Zealand are absolutely appalling. Uh, and... You know, people start at this time of the year start to think about their boats and they start to think about their kayaks and they start to think about getting out and about. So I guess the word, I guess the thing there to say to people is you're coming out to the harbour, coming out to the peninsula to do, you know, to bring your boat, make sure that you're prepared. You've got your comms, you've got uh, your notification where you're going, uh, you've got your life jackets because it'll say that the last thing we need on the Otago Peninsula and on the harbour is, is a tragedy. Uh, and that's difficult not only for search and rescue, but it's difficult for the community as well. And um, look, we just want everyone to be safe and uh, reiterate the need, as I say, to uh, to just not become a statistic over the summer.
Indeed. Now, just finally, Paul, we know that many New Zealanders have been doing it a bit tough uh, for all sorts of reasons this year. Uh, and for many families, as we head towards the Christmas period, things get even tighter as uh, they try and keep on top of the budget. We know also recently that the Dunedin Food Banks weren't able to run their their uh, annual emergency services appeal where all the emergency vehicles get out on the roads and get their sirens going and drag people out of their homes to give donations and so that's something that the uh, food banks have been very reliant on Mm -hmm. over the course of uh, the last few years. So shelves are pretty light uh, for the food banks at the moment and well we can all do something about that. Yeah, so um, our fire brigade here in Portobello, they run the, uh, as I say, the annual can appeal. Obviously with COVID, um, they're not doing that this year. But there is still a way. There is still a way that you can actually contribute to the food bank through the can appeal. And what our fire brigade have done is they've got a a big container sitting in the main door of the uh, outside the fire brigade. And if you're going past or you've got a neighbour going past, you can pop your cans into the container during the day. Uh, and uh, the fire brigade will take those cans in and um, and put them away at night. Um, so look, I just ask everybody who who just has that you know that extra can in their in their uh, cupboard to uh, they can pop down to the fire brigade or perhaps uh, as a group of neighbours get together and do that. And that's a good way for the peninsula and for everyone to support the food bank in a really weird kind of time. Uh, and one that's probably really essential because there's, you know, there's been a lot of people on Struggle Street at the moment. And uh, look, it's not gonna not gonna break the bank if you can to uh, put a few cans in the in the bin at the fire brigade. So well done to them. Yeah, well said. And if it's not there, it's you can make a donation to any of the food banks in town, and also uh, uh, yep. online as well if you've got a bit uh, that you can put towards that. Paul, yep. uh, such an entertaining chat with you this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll let you get out there uh, back to enjoying that beautiful weather out there in the Otago Peninsula. We look forward to catching up with you in, uh, in four weeks' time. All right, thanks, Jeff. Take care. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.